Hey y'all, it's Janice here, aka J Nice on the mic, and this is Dirty Diversity, a podcast on all things diversity, equity, and inclusion. This podcast is called Dirty Diversity because in this day and age, diversity has become sort of a dirty or bad word that causes a lot of knee-jerk and negative reactions. The goal of this podcast is to dissect diversity, or lack thereof, inside and outside of companies, and also to discuss current events around equity and inclusion, as well as discussing solutions for creating a more cohesive world and workplace. My name is Janice, aka J Nice on the mic. <laughs> that was and still is my moniker on YouTube. Some of you may know I started a YouTube channel almost 10 years ago to discuss topics around race and black identity, and it seemed to really resonate with my audience. I'm also a TEDx speaker, a professor, a diversity and inclusion consultant, and a writer with a PhD in organizational psychology. Welcome to Dirty Diversity, and thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to have you here with me. Hey y'all, Jay Nice on the mic. I am a little bit late with this podcast episode, but better late than never. I hope you all had a wonderful week. We are now into October. It's been a really intense October and it's only been like five days. Um, for those of y'all who know me personally, you know I'm really into astrology. And without getting too deep into astrology, I just want us to mentally and physically prepare for October. Uh, There is a lot of interesting energy in the world right now, and I think October will be a very eventful and possibly tumultuous month. So I think we already saw that where on the very first day of October, we found out that the leader of the free world and his wife have COVID. So, um, you know, it's it'll be some interesting energy for October, but we are here together and every week you will hear my perspective and my take on diversity, equity, inclusion, but usually more specifically racial equity and how you know, how I'm navigating the world and suggestions that I have for creating more inclusive cultures. So I just wanted to say thank you all so much for listening. I really do appreciate the fact that you find value in this podcast and in my voice and in what I have to say. It's really interesting to just kind of think back and and I started this podcast in February of 2020 when COVID or the coronavirus at that time was just like a distant sort of, my understanding of it was very distant. I had heard that it was in China, but little did we all know how COVID-19 would really impact our entire world. So it's just interesting to listen back to the episode. So I encourage you to take a trip down memory lane and just kind of listen to the different episodes in February. We had Black History Month. Then COVID hit in March, or really hit in New York in mid-March. 
And then in May, end of May, we had Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd, and then we had Breonna Taylor. And now we're we're entering into election season, so it should be a very interesting time. But again, I'm just so happy that you all are here with me and we will make it. <laughs> we will make it, y'all, because this is just some, has been just probably the weirdest and most tumultuous year of all of our lives. So, um, so yeah, that's my little blurb for today. Um, I am really excited to announce, and I've already announced this before, but to remind you all that I am coming out with a second book, and this book will focus on racial equity and anti-racism. I will have more details about that as the weeks progress. So the goal is to have that book out uh, very, very soon. Um, so I've been working on that. Um, also, for those of you who had a chance to get my first book, which is called Dirty Diversity, um, I really appreciate the fact that you read the book and if you enjoyed it, um, or even if you didn't enjoy it, I would love to hear your feedback on Amazon. So please feel free to leave a review on Amazon. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, y'all already know what to do. You know what I'm going to say, but please leave a review so that other people can find the Dirty Diversity Podcast. So today we will be diving into, and before I forget, um, I'll mention this again maybe at the end of the podcast, but every Tuesday night I teach a public course on white supremacy. So we examine white supremacy in different structures and systems within the United States. And so this week is week six of the Unlearning, Unpacking, Undoing, and Understanding White Supremacy in the U.S. course. And in episode, episode, in class six tomorrow, we will be exploring white supremacy in organizations. So that's my favorite topic. Uh, So we have five more weeks left. It is a uh, course that you can join at any point. Um, So again, we have half of the course left. We're going to be exploring uh, white supremacy in the media, in our government systems, the future of white supremacy, and um, yeah, so it should be a really interesting class this week and for all of the subsequent weeks. So for any of you who are interested, um, there is a link in the show notes. And then lastly, for those of you who are looking to be advocates and allies for the black community, I think one of the best ways that you can be an ally for the black community is to support black owned businesses. There is a black a link to a black owned business in the show notes. Uh, the business is called Noir by Nairay. I am a brand ambassador and uh, the company sells candles, smell goods, diffusers. I have the lemongrass diffuser. It smells amazing. And For those of us, most of us are working from home, if you want to kind of um, spruce up your home office or, you know, better the smell in your your home, I encourage you to get some smell goods from the site and you get $5 off by clicking the link and using my code Janice Gassam, G-A-S-S-A-M. So enough with the, these aren't even really ads. These are like my own ads because y'all know this podcast is not sponsored. Um, but I had to get all of those items out of the way, but let's get into this episode. So in today's episode, we are going to explore how white supremacy harms white people. I wrote an article on this exact same topic 
and a link to the article is in the show notes as well. But let's get into it. How does white supremacy actually harm white people? I think we all have an understanding that white supremacy is harmful to BIPOC. Uh, BIPOC is Black Indigenous people of color. But I think that there's a little known understanding regarding how white supremacy actually impacts white people, negatively impacts white people. So the first is environmental racism. So environmental racism is the fact that the parts of our earth and our planet that are deemed disposable are typically places where BIPOC live. So, you know, the um, if we think back to the Flint, Michigan water crisis that happened in Flint, Michigan, interestingly enough, and probably unsurprising to most, when you look at the racial demographics of Flint, Flint is majority black. They have the highest population of black people. Um, when you look at the city's racial demographics. So it's no wonder why, um, you know, why there wasn't as much attention given to the fact that thousands of children were drinking lead water, le- water that had lead in it. It's it's really wild when you start to like think about it. Um, and also when you think about other parts of our country, even where things like fracking take place, where there are oil spills and things like that, it tends to occur in communities where um, that are overpopulated by black indigenous people of color. So environmental racism is, again, this idea that certain parts of our planet are deemed as um, as not needing to be protected. And uh, these parts are deemed wastelands. And so black indigenous people of color are more likely to live in these areas where pollution is higher. And that can lead to different health outcomes like a higher uh, risk of asthma and things like that. And I explored this last week in my white supremacy course where we talked about white supremacy in our healthcare system. And one book that I would encourage you all to read if you want to learn more is called Medical Apartheid by Harriet A. Washington. It's a really heavy book as far as the content is very heavy and it's a thick book. It's like 400 pages, but it's really, really insightful and goes into the systemic racism that black people in particular have experienced in um, from colonial times until the present. But, you know, environmental racism, ultimately, it directly impacts black indigenous people of color. But there are parts of our world and parts of our earth where we are not taking measures to preserve it. We are saying pollution is okay. Uh, contamination and contaminated water and things like that are okay. And ultimately, all of these things have impacts, have negative impacts on our planet. Um, so environmental racism is not only harming Black Black Indigenous people of color, but is harming everybody who lives on planet Earth. So the things that we are doing to the environment and the disregard for Parts of the environment where BIPOC live is ultimately impacting, negatively impacting everybody in this world. So that is one way. Environmental racism is actually harming white people too. Um, secondly, you know, living, being able to live in a world where people of different races can get along is not only helpful from a cohesion standpoint where we're, you know, it's just a more pleasant place to live in a world where people get along, but also what complicates things in the U.S. is that uh, demographers estimate that 
by the year 2045, D, America will be majority non-white. So brown people will inhabit um, inhabit the United States at you know, there'll be more brown people essentially than white people. And what this means is that, you know, there will be an, and there already is an increased demand for a greater focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Corporate leaders can no longer say, like we heard the CEO of Wells Fargo saying, well, there's no black people in the pipeline. So that's why we can't hire black people. That's not going to cut it anymore, you know? And with the rise of, in number, as far as BIPOC people, there's going to be um, an increased sort of expectation for um, corporate social responsibility for companies. We want to see companies that actually care about their employees that are creating environments that are equitable and inclusive. Um, so the fact that there is actually going to be more racial diversity in the upcoming decades is harmful to white supremacy in that it's going to create greater conflicts. White supremacy goes against, you know, is every goes against diversity. So white supremacy is the idea that white people are superior to other races. White people should have dominance over other races. White people need to cultivate and civilize other races. And obviously you can understand how problematic white supremacist doctrines and ideology will be in a majority non-white country. So from a cohesion standpoint, um, white supremacy is not beneficial to anybody in the United States and will only cause more harmflict the more we continue to uphold it. So that's another reason why, or how white supremacy rather is harmful to white people. Also, white supremacy is uh, predicated on the idea that you must be perfect and you must fit this prototype of whiteness. You must be thin. You must look a certain way. And anyone that deviates from this prototype is, is at risk for marginalization. And um, there was this poem that I'm sure many of you have heard about. Um, and the poem is like, first they came for the Jews and I didn't say anything. Then they came for the blacks. Then they came for, and the end of the poem basically says, um, then they came for me and nobody was there to stand up for, for you. So I love that poem. And I think that that poem is a great way to illustrate how harmful white supremacy is for white people. White supremacy, again, is only helpful to those who are who fit that perfect mold of white perfection. And if you don't fit that mold, if you are overweight, if you are disabled, if you are queer, you don't fit that mold of whiteness, that mold of white perfection, rather. And it's so ultimately dismantling and disrupting oppression is beneficial to everyone. Um, another thing is that anyone in this world can find themselves in a position where they are marginalized. All of us at any point in our lives can become disabled, whether through a car accident, a plane accident, whatever, a freak accident, whatever it is, we can all find ourselves. And when you are disabled, ableism is a big issue where people who are disabled experience discrimination. And white supremacy, once we dismantle white supremacy, all other forms of marginalization, we can start to undo and unlearn and dismantle as well. Um, also, when you think about 
um, since we're talking about marginalized groups. Also, all of us will get old. Ageism is a big issue where people who are where people get discriminated against based on their age. So it's in an, in the interest of an older white person even to dismantle white supremacy because, again, deconstructing and dismantling white supremacy means all other forms of oppression can become dismantled as well. So it's in all of our best interests to dismantle white supremacy. Um, fat phobia is based on white supremacy and this idea that Everyone has to fit this pinnacle of beauty, uh, and it's a Eurocentric um, sort of pinnacle of perfection. So, you know, white supremacy is, again, predicated on the idea that we must be perfect. And um, my homegirl, Monique Melton, who is an anti-racism educator, uh, she's a great person to follow on Instagram at, at Motivate. It's M-O-E motivate. <laughs> um, so she's a great person to follow. And she is talking, she talks a lot about how perfectionism is rooted in white supremacy. Because again, you have to fit this prototype of whiteness to reap the benefits of your white privilege. If you are a fat white woman or white man or white person, if you are, again, a queer white person, if you are a disabled white person, you're not you have privilege because you're white, but you're not able, you're still uh, part of marginalized groups. And um, the fact that white supremacy is able to continue means that we will never be able to dismantle and disrupt uh, oppression. And therefore, you will continue to be marginalized. So once we begin to unravel white supremacy, we can start to unravel all other forms of oppression. And lastly, the last reason why white supremacy is harmful to white people is that the persistence of the racial wage gap negatively impacts all of us. So we, we should all know, or maybe some of you are unaware of the fact that um, the racial wealth gap continues to, to, to widen. And black people, on average, make significantly less than their white counterparts for doing the same work for a number of different reasons. Mostly systemic racism, honestly, is is the reason. Um, but one interesting finding, uh, and this was from a 2019 McKinsey study, found that um, closing the racial wage gap would actually add between one and one point five trillion, with a T, trillion dollars to the United States economy. So. Being able to um, create more pay parity for black and white people is good for the overall economy. The longer that the wage gap, the racial wage gap continues, the more as a country our economy will be disadvantaged. So white supremacy is harmful in this particular circumstance and situation because um, it's impacting, it's negatively uh, impacting our economy. And once we begin to close that racial wage gap and that racial wealth gap, we will add more money into our economy. So it should be in everyone's interest to close the racial wage gap, the racial wealth gap.
So that concludes today's episode. I hope you all have found this episode informative. As I mentioned, there are a lot of helpful and useful um, resources in the show notes. Again, if you want to check out the article I wrote on this um, topic, you will find it in the show notes. And my new book, my upcoming book, will focus on or talk about this in a little bit more detail as well. Um, white supremacy will definitely be a topic that will be touched on a lot in the book. I'm really excited to actually uh, finish, wrap up this podcast and um, edit it, post it, and then work on my book. So um, without further ado, I will let you all go. I hope you again enjoyed this episode. It was informative to you and I look forward to seeing you all. And I say seeing in air quotes that you can't see. Seeing as in like you know, us connecting or you listening to this podcast um, next week, but I look forward to seeing you all again. Um, Also, before I forget, I just remembered, I have a diversity dinner dialogue, a free diversity dinner dialogue uh, virtually that's happening on Zoom this Thursday, uh, Thursday, October 8th. And in this diversity dinner dialogue, I will be exploring anti-blackness in the media. So I will be co-facilitating with one of my close friends named Justin. So I'm really excited about um, about the episode. Episode, y'all. I got too much going on in my head. I'm really excited about the, the, the diversity dinner dialogue. So if you wanted to check that out, I will leave a link to the free tickets in the show notes again. Um, but that's where I'm going to leave today's episode off. Again, I hope you all learned a lot, you found this informative, and I will uh, check y'all out in the next episode.